My name is Kevin Bohex. I'm a sedimentologist, stratigrapher, and basin analyst who works on the quantitative reconstruction of depositional environments in all settings. I also served as the Geoscience Field Safety Task Force leader that developed the field safety process used at ExxonMobil starting in 2003. I now continue this work teaching field safety courses for AEPG and GSA, writing a second edition of our field safety book, and developing a short course for SEG. Hello, my name is Andrew Gary, and welcome to Seismic Sound Off In-Depth Conversations in Applied Geophysics. In this episode, author and educator Kevin Bohax discusses his upcoming SEG course, Introduction to Field Safety Leadership. Kevin is a sedimentologist and stratigrapher who recently retired from ExxonMobil and has taught first aid and field operations safety for more than 50 years. In this conversation, Kevin shares why safety is not a priority, why hardships are a nuisance, and the most dangerous aspect of all field work. Kevin also addresses specific geophysical field concerns and his one rule to rule all rules. Visit seg.org slash podcast to register for Kevin's course, taking place from April 19th through the 20th. And now my conversation with Kevin Bohax. Well, SEG had quite the get to get you to transition your field safety course to exploration geophysicist and AAPG members might be quite familiar with your work. As, as you mentioned there, you've been you've been teaching this course and the book has been published that we'll chat about briefly for quite some time now. I don't know how you do all this stuff with all of your other work. Uh, so it's, it's quite impressive. But as you mentioned there, yeah, there's going to be an upcoming field safety course in April for SEG. So for this audience, you know, that may not be familiar with what a field safety course might even entail. Share a little bit about this upcoming course. Okay, yeah. So SEG field safety course will cover how to prepare for, conduct, and document safe and effective field activities from a very practical point of view. We discuss how people get hurt in the field, why they get hurt in the field, how to prevent them from getting hurt, and what to do when they get hurt. This will be a hybrid course this time with pre-course reading and videos along with a live online session of short lectures, discussions, and team problem solving and applications of the concepts taught. The participants will practice using field safety training materials and modules designed for field camp students and suitable for use in their own field methods classes. They will also begin the process of customizing the field safety program for their own field activities. So would you say this course is geared towards students? That is the main focus. The SEG course is designed for everyone involved in field activities, such as geophysical field camps or geoscientists without borders projects, both as students, student coordinators, field leaders, and those supporting them, even back home. You know, one thing that I I thought, you know, I'm not a geophysicist, but when I think of field work, I would I would get excited if if you told me it was going to be adventurous. But why might you be a little concerned if a student came back and said this field work was adventurous? If a student told me that she just returned from adventurous field work, I would want to know a little bit more. I would ask the student exactly how it was adventurous, because adventure means many different things to different people. Dictionary definitions generally describe adventure as engaging in a hazardous, unusual, and exciting experience or activity. Those sorts of life-threatening adventures are to be avoided. If you're worried about dying all the time in the field, you probably won't learn much about the rocks, at least. 
One of my favorite quotes about that sort of adventure is from an old-time explorer at the American Museum of Natural History, Roy Chapman Andrews, the author of All About Dinosaurs, a book that got many of my generation hooked on geology. Andrews said in his 1935 book, This Business of Exploration, adventures are a mark of incompetence. If you have an adventurous expedition, it means you did not prepare yourself adequately. Adventures are a nuisance. They interfere with work. If the explorer has a clear-cut problem to solve and an honest desire to do something really worthwhile, he will prepare against adventures. Others talk about adventure as going out of your comfort zone to open yourself up to the experiences, knowledge, and beauty that life holds. That kind of adventure is one of the main attractions of doing fieldwork and exactly why so many of us love being in the field where we can learn directly from nature. And being prepared for the hazards and risks that you can anticipate allows you to concentrate on learning. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense there. That that quote does not mince words there or ideas. You know, in an article from the AAPG Explorer, you stated in, in there how you were inspired to write your book, which is called Field Safety and Uncontrolled Environments, as a way to create uniformity across the industry. Do you see a similar need for field safety uniformity for geophysics? Absolutely, Andrew. I do see a need for uniformity in how we approach field safety across all disciplines that conduct field work, from geophysics and geology to biology and even archaeology. Knowing that the fundamentals of field safety have been addressed allows the field work to concentrate on the learning or business objectives of the project. If you, as a student, are not worried about being killed at any minute, you will probably pay more attention to what is being taught. And the other thing is that with uniformity, students can apply what they learned on one trip to subsequent ones. Now, uniformity of approach does not mean that every field project runs by exactly the same sets of rules and procedures. Fundamentally, we designed our field safety approach that is taught in the class to be a process to understand the hazards to be encountered, evaluate the risks those hazards impose during field activities, and how to prevent and mitigate the consequences of those risks. The process is designed to help people think through how they can conduct their particular field project in a safe and effective manner. And one of the side benefits we have found over the 20 years that this process has been in place at ExxonMobil is that the discussions and preparations for safety aspects also make the rest of the field project run much more smoothly. In addition, focusing on key objectives and planning exactly how they are to be accomplished helps remove barriers to participation and make the field experience more inclusive and accessible to a wider range of participants. I think we have a pretty good start on uniformity because a lot of the procedures incorporated into the field safety process came from our geophysical colleagues. Indeed, two essential members of the task force that developed the process were corporate experts on geophysical field operations. In addition, we have taught versions of this field safety course 57 times around the world to participants from various oil and gas companies, service companies, universities through grade schools, host governments, and government agencies, including NASA astronaut trainers. Most organizations have some sort of safety program in place to varying degrees, and there is a lot of convergent evolution in safety programs out there. What our field safety process does to encourage uniformity at the essential level 
is a series of key questions or issues to be addressed consistently in a safety program. How each organization addresses those issues is up to their creativity, insights, and particular circumstances. You know, speaking of organizations, is, is there a, a person or an organization overall that is responsible for field safety? Um, not particularly. It's pretty much up to uh, up to each individual organization. And then, you know, ultimately, the person who's responsible for your safety in the field is yourself. You know, each person must take primary responsibility for their own well-being and safety. The field leader, the fellow participants, and the sponsoring organization much, must also contribute to the overall safety of the activity, but it's fundamentally up to each person to look out for themselves and for the group. The Field Safety Leadership course spends a, quite a lot of time on how to empower and encourage each participant to be safe. You know, I, you, know you talk about how student, a lot of students will be taking this course, and, and I can imagine it's been a lot of intellectual learning so far. Maybe they haven't had an actual field work yet. So they may not be aware of what might be a, a, some common causes of access in the field. So what, what might, you know, what are some of the common things that happen in the field, you know, accidentally that you're trying to avoid? Okay, yes. Common causes of accident in the field, a very good and fundamental question. And one of the, that is, surprisingly difficult to answer in detail for scientific research because there are very few such studies. Thankfully, the geophysical industry organization IOGC has assembled records going back to the 1960s on causes of accidents associated with geophysical surveys. We also have the detailed record of ExxonMobil's geoscience research and training field activities over the last 19 years, covering more than 1.1 million work hours. As to how people get hurt in the field, in both geological and geophysical activities, the leading cause of fatalities is vehicle accidents. Indeed, the most dangerous part of practically all field projects is driving to or from the site. Next for both geology and geophysics are, in descending order, falls, drowning, heat and cold related issues, insects and lightning. Particular to geophysical survey operations are added struck by or crushed by equipment, electrocution, and fire and carbon monoxide asphyxiation. But knowing how people get hurt is only part of the problem. In our course, we address why people get hurt, the human factors that lead to an accident. These include four levels of causation, unsafe acts by the individual that we normally focus on, but also their unsafe preconditions, as well as unsafe supervision and unsafe organizational influences. Knowing why people get hurt allows field leaders and students to craft specific ways to prevent and mitigate incidents. Yeah, speaking of that, that's a good lead into the next question. What are a couple of major steps organizers can do to create those self-safe -envi environments for field work? There's all sorts of guidance out there, but for us, it, it kind of boils down to the main steps that an organization can take to promote safety are the three E's that we teach in our field safety leadership course. Empower, encourage, and enforce. We empower participants by communicating with them, alerting them to the field conditions and risks they may encounter, asking them to share information about their serious allergies, pertinent medical conditions, field experience, and safety training. So there'll be a resource in case something happens, and then alerting them to the hazards real time in the field. We encourage them 
by the leader setting a good example, asking and listening about the safety concerns, and providing short safety briefings as appropriate during the day, and encouraging them to speak up about unsafe behaviors they observe. Finally, we enforce the rules. Many organizations have a code of conduct or ground rules that specify what is required and forbidden during field work. We praise safe behavior in public in front of the group, and we correct unsafe behavior in private as much as possible. We find that this approach works well because it focuses on helping the individual take care of themselves. It works much better than just having the participants sign a waiver, which tends to make you think that the focus of the safety program is more on protecting the sponsoring organization from litigation than on your well-being. Interesting. Yeah. And that's, you know, just tracking the accidents. That's an interesting data problem that I, I would have never considered, but it makes a lot of sense. There's there's probably also a little vested interest in maybe not being as forthright when accidents do happen in certain conditions. As, as it turns out, you know, they're mostly pretty darn safe. With our data at ExxonMobil, we, we could show on most years it was safer in terms of OSHA reportable incidents to be in the field rather than in the office because it's so safe in the office, ergonomic indus- uh, injuries are the, are the biggest thing. And that's, you know, we spend all of our time on the machine. So, but it's also, I've, I've been with one of my co-instructors and another group of university professors, we've put together a proposal to NSF to uh, develop an app for field camps to capture sort of uh, real time, what their incident data are, but also, and that's easy to find, well, it's relatively easy to find out the numerator of any uh, uh, incident risk, right? Because those stories are interesting and they stick in your brain and those which those which you write newspaper articles about or, or blogs about. What's really hard to get is the denominator, how many people were out in the field and didn't get hurt because that's kind of no story. And so we're, we're trying to sort of work with the established uh, geology field camps and then expand it to the geophysical field camps to start to capture that kind of data to really let students know that, yeah, no, um, it, it may be unfamiliar and seem scary, but with a little bit of training and familiarization, um, and here's some hard data about the fact that, once again, the most dangerous thing you do on a field trip is drive to the airport, probably. And you don't worry about that, do you? Or you ought to, but... um, Yeah, and it could be a testament to the work that you're doing as well. So, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand. Um, So, you know, are there certain types of field conditions where safety, you know, you might stress it just a little bit more, take a little higher priority? Not to reprogram the simulation here, but um, I'd like to follow what a previous... CEO of ExxonMobil said, you know, safety is not a priority because priorities change. Safety is a fundamental value of our organization, part of our DNA of who we are. So we try and get that safety is a fundamental part of how we conduct all activities. That said, our field safety process is designed to be scaled to the risks to be encountered and the characteristics of the group of participants. We have different levels of preparation for, say, field work in a parking lot in a national park compared to a six-week-long field expedition to northwest Madagascar. Interesting place, by the way. Still, for both of these, we collect information about the participants, brief them on the risks involved, and have a plan for normal, safe operations and emergency response. The differences in the detailed preparation spelled out in our course include the number of participants you might take along, 
uh, the leader to student ratios, the level of first aid training required for the leaders and required logistical and communication support. You know, you you have taught this course dozens of times, primarily geared towards a geological audience. What were some of the major changes to your course in adopting it to address geophysical field concerns or specifically for geophysicists? Well, let's see. Major changes to address geophysical concerns. Well, fully recognizing that geophysicists are very special people, there is an awful lot of overlap with what they face in the field with what other geoscientists and indeed all field scientists encounter. As I said before, we all face vehicle accidents, falls, drowning, environmental extremes, and insects. Also, as I mentioned previously, getting struck by, crushed, or electrocuted by survey equipment is a particular risk for geophysical workers. So the use of and focus on geophysical instruments does bring additional hazards that we will address in the course. So even if you're not concerned about being crushed by your GPR lawnmower, moving that instrument over rough terrain with your head down in its screen would make you prone to a garden variety fall. Also, SEG has a long-standing and well-thought-out guidance for developing HSSE plans that are required for field camp support. So we have added a segment to the SEG field safety leadership course that addresses how to use the fundamental principles of the field safety process to craft an effective HSSE plan that meets the requirements. During that segment, we have time allotted for the students to work on their plans, discuss them with their fellows, and ask questions of SEG experts. In addition, Ian Threadgold and Kurt Burmeister, my co-instructors, and I had a lot of input and assistance from SEG's uh, Health, Safety, Security, and Environment Committee over the last year to help with the customization including scenarios and examples drawn specifically from geophysical field camps. Yeah, I'm glad you explained what HSSE means there. I appreciate that. You know, you you have a who's who list of, I, I mean, I, I call them safety activities. So it's really just incredible volunteer activities from firefighter, paramedic, disaster response leader. You're an Eagle Scout. If someone that were to ask you for the most important training that you've maybe had or that you know of to stay safe during field work, what would you recommend? You mean besides taking our field safety leadership course, right? Of, of course, and buying the book. <laughs> no, I, I think the most important training to stay safe in the field at the personal level is a wilderness first aid class. And by wilderness, we mean any place where the definitive medical assistance is more than an hour away which covers most field areas. Indeed, the last three times I used my wilderness first aid training were on planes over the Atlantic Ocean. Wilderness first aid courses are typically 16 hours long and provide more in-depth training than standard urban-focused first aid courses. They emphasize how to improvise for care in the field. These courses are available through the American Red Cross and several other providers, such as the National Outdoor Leadership School and Outward Bound. Now, at the group level, as a leader or coordinator, some training in incident management is essential. First aid courses mostly concentrate on treating one or two people and focus, quite rightly, on the injured or ill person. The issue when leading a group is that there are lots of other participants who are in the same environment that hurt the first person. The leader must know how to ensure that proper first aid is being done while securing all the other participants communicating to emergency responders, and notifying the home organization. 
We cover all these topics in the Field Safety Leadership course in the specific context of geophysical field camps. There are other online resources on incident management available from the U.S. government through FEMA, but in the context of natural disasters. Yeah, that's, in, that, that's an important distinction there with the, the wilderness first aid knowledge. I'm sure that's extremely important. And, you know, I'm sure this is hard to do, but if you were going to boil it down, what is the most important advice to follow to stay safe in the field? To stay safe in the field, there are essential things I do before, during, and after my excursions. You know, we need to do our homework before. Find out about the field conditions, hazards, and emergency response resources. During, you must maintain situational awareness, avoid tunnel vision, always be thinking, what could happen here? And what would I do if it did happen? And then write down our safety observations, being scientists and all, right? And then after, review and reflect on those safety observations and your entire field experience to learn how to do better next time. When you do this, safety becomes just part of the way that you conduct field work and you can concentrate on your technical objectives. I have another favorite quote from Roy Chapman Andrews that pretty much sums up my approach to field work. And he said, 99 out of every 100 persons think that hardships are an essential part of an explorer's existence. But I don't believe in hardships. They are a great nuisance. Eat well, dress well, sleep well, whenever it is possible, is a pretty good rule for everyday use. That that is very good. Um, I, I just I'm a runner, and I just you know I remember when I was running my first marathon. You were just getting all these horror stories of things to do, and I feel like if, you know there's enough people that have done it by now that you really don't have to make it a, a miserable experience for yourself <laughs> if you uh, exactly <laughs> yeah that's, that's a good reminder there. And and lastly here a little bit more general, but I always love asking this: What principle, teaching, or point of view has helped you succeed in your field? And you can you can talk about field safety or, or your career. Uh, you know, professionally, you know, however you want to take it? That is a great question. And I think what helped me succeed in my field was the support of my family, colleagues, and faith. I was blessed with a lot of curiosity. And what is exploration other than curiosity in action, as astronaut John Glenn was fond of saying. I worked with great teachers in school and great colleagues at ExxonMobil throughout the industry and the Red Cross Boy Scouts and all around the world, they taught me a lot and kept me intellectually honest. And although I do tend to talk a lot, listening, being willing to learn from everyone and acting on what I learned was an essential part of my success. Well, that's a wonderful place to put it. We'll have all the information in the show notes and on the website to sign up for this field safety course. And Kevin, I appreciate your time and, and good luck with the presentation uh, in April. Thank you very much, Andrew. I appreciate you uh, taking the interest in asking those very good questions. SCG produces Seismic Sound Off to benefit its members, the scientific community, and inform the public on the value of geophysics. To show your support for this show, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Simply go to Seismic Sound Off on Apple Podcasts and Spotify on your phone. It takes less than five seconds to leave a five-star rating and is the number one action you can take to show your appreciation for this free resource. And follow the podcast while you are on the app to be notified when each new episode releases. Original music created by Zach Bridges. This episode was hosted, edited, and produced by me, Andrew Gary at 51 Features. 
The SEG podcast team is Jennifer Cobb, Kathy Gamble, and Allie McGinnis. Thank you for listening. This is Seismic Sound Off, signaling off.